What's up? Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the show. It is September 28th, 2021, cruising through the year. And I'm joined, as always, by my guy, Kyle Klingman, out in uh, Cedar, Iowa. How are we doing today? You'll get it one of these days. Just keep the cedar going. Cedar, yeah. It'll work. Yeah. What's good up there, Kyle? A lot is good, man. It's a beautiful day. Get to hang out with you. Get one of the most dynamic wrestlers in the history of our sport on the Bader show. How does it get better than that? I mean, I don't know. Uh, watching his budding MMA career blossom into full bloom uh, will, will be probably better than today's show. But we're going to stick with the show while we got it. And let's bring him on. Bo Nickel, three-time NCAA champion, Hodge Trophy winner, U23 world champion. I'm sure he's won Tulsa and a bunch of other things a lot. But uh, yeah, Bo, how you doing today? Doing awesome. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Actually, never won Tulsa. So, you know, unfortunately, uh, I think the best I ever did there was second, but it's all good. I'm over it. Well, not quite over it yet, but I'll get there. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I had had a lot of respect for you. It did drop down just, just a skosh. But I'm sure you can earn that respect back over your over your next few wins. And, you know, obviously, I'm sure most or everybody who's watching the show knows you you made the transition to MMA, made your debut this past weekend, um, dominant fashion, uh, stoppage there with the submission. But so, so you, you know, you started, you've been wrestling from a young age, you're good from a young age. When you were little and taking second... <laughs> in Tulsa and doing all these things right, but but, but for real, being, being successful and, and knowing that you probably had a good wrestling career ahead of yourself, did you have, as a lot of people did, did you have like world and Olympic aspirations and is that something you wanted to do from a young age? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I knew, I think, I think that's one of the things that got me to where I am is how early that I knew I wanted to be successful and pursue the sport. You know, I think probably know, six, seven, eight years old, I was already writing down goals of mine um, that were, you know, 10, 15 years in the future, stuff like that. So I feel like at a young age, I knew I wanted to um, continue and, and go far with the sport. And so um, I, that's that's kind of how I approached my, my training and my competition. And I always had that in the back of my mind, you know, doing extra reps, you know, extra work after practice when everybody else left, it was just me and my dad and they're working out. And those were the things that I had on my mind. So I feel like, you know, from a young age, I was uh, very goal oriented and it definitely, I felt like once I got to college and, and once I got older, I was like, man, I've been putting in this type of work for years and years, whereas a lot of guys kind of are just starting to put that type of work in once they get there. And so for me, I I felt like I was a little bit ahead of the curve mentally, just knowing that I had already been training that way and wanted that for, for a long time leading up to that point. I mean, writing goals down at six, seven period is pretty impressive, whether it's, I want to win local States or a big tournament or, or this or that, let alone like setting 10, 15 year goals at six, seven years old, did you come up with that on your own? Did your dad like encourage you? And I know when I was younger, you like get taught the idea of, of setting goals and trying to accomplish something. I don't think it was six or seven for me. And I don't think most kids, was that your dad influencing you? Was that you just coming up with it on your own or a coach or somebody else? No, it was absolutely. I had a lot of influence. Definitely um, started with my dad, him being a, a high school wrestling coach and, and loving the sport and 
you know, me being around him and his high school program definitely kicked that off with me being able to go in and watch practice at a young age and have guys that were, you know, state champions and Fargo All-Americans and Fargo champs that I would look up to. And I'm like, man, like, I want to be like that. And so that definitely ignited that fire in me and got me to the point where I was like, you know what, that's like what I want to accomplish. And from there, just watching film, watching the NCAA tournament every year, stuff like that, just from a young age. I remember when I was that age, I had a old uh, VHS uh, tape in one of those old TVs that you could put the, the VHS in directly. And yeah. I had like a recording of um, actually my coach, Coach Kale's NCAA finals match his senior year when he wrestled uh, John Trench. And I would play that like almost every night. Uh, I just would pop the VHS in like after my parents went to bed and I would just like sneak down, pop it in and watch, watch his match. And, uh, that was when I was really, really young. Right. And so, you know, having, you know, mentors and leaders like my dad and like the kids that he coached in high school ignited that. And then after that, you know, wanting to take it another step further, um, watching film of, you know, guys, legends like coach Kale. And then, you know, when I got a little older, I, I remember I had a DVD of, it was like the top, USA wrestling put out this DVD. It was like the top 50 Olympic and world tri or Olympic trials matches of all times. And it was like best two out of three matches with like John Smith and Randy Lewis and like, oh, Kenny Monday, Dave Schultz, like all these crazy matches. And that's what I would, th th that's the stuff I would watch. Most kids were watching probably like, you know, Disney movies or whatever. And I would watch, you know, Olympic trials, finals matches and stuff. So <laughs> that's kind of where I was at as a, as a young, uh, as a young wrestler. Do you still have? Sorry, side note. Do you still have that top top fifty uh, world and Olympic trials matches? Is that your puppy? Yeah, it's him. <laughs> I can meet you. We can say hi if you want. But um, yeah. Nice. That was a big oh, old dog, big isn't boy. he? That's awesome. He looks like a big thick dog. Oh, what kind of dog is that? Yeah, he's a he's American bully. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that's, yeah. that's a dangerous dog. He's a, he's, <laughs> he's a thick rocks. boy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do you still have that DVD, Top 50, that thing you were talking about? I, I don't have it. I think my parents probably have it somewhere in storage. So I, I, I would love to go back and find that and, and watch those matches over because there were some absolute gems in there. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. And in your yeah. counterparts are watching Power Rangers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, I think, you know, if, uh, if you, anybody with USA wrestling is watching this, that you guys should do that again, you know, maybe update that list from the last, you know, 10 or 15 years and get some more of those, uh, those matches out there. Cause I'm sure people would love that. Maybe do like a digital, uh, some, something that people could buy and just have like, you know, all those matches on file. I'm, I'm sure they have them somewhere. So figure it out. They, they can dig it out and dust it off. I'm sure. Um, so that's great. You know, you're you're like putting the tape in and watching Kale win NCAs. You're watching this this DVD of um, these amazing USA wrestling matches. When you wrote those goals down at, at six, seven, eight years old, do you remember what were they? Were they NCAA champ? Were they world champ? Were they all of the above? Yeah, it started off. It started off as just being a state champ, you know, in high school, and that was like what I would say like the first thing that I really wanted to accomplish, right? Like there were goals for me when I was young, but those always kind of seemed like just preparation for, you know, once I got to high school. So the first thing was being a state champ. And uh, when I got a little older, you know, like probably middle school, like the goal was I want to be a four-time NCAA champ. Like that's what I'm training for. I, I, I uh, especially after um, a couple of my first couple of years in high school, I was like, 
I'm going to be a four-time NCAA champ. Like that's my goal. And, uh, so th those were, and then, um, Olympic gold medalist too. That was, that was a goal that I, I wrote down a lot. And, um, so yeah, it was, you know, start off state champion and then NCAA champion and Olympic gold medalist. Those were, those were the three that I remember, you know, repeatedly writing down and, and being more, more detailed and focused on. As you're watching that tape and those DVDs, are you watching like as a, a spectator or a fan? Are you watching like as, as the wrestler who's being inspired? Are you watching as the wrestler who's like looking at the movements they're doing and, and trying to like, like study film? Yeah, I would say I looked at it two different ways. I would say that I looked at it from a, it's kind of weird to say because I was so young, but I looked at it from like a psychological perspective. Like, what are these guys, what does their face look like? Like, what is their attitude? How do they, how, what, what, what do they do when they go out of bounds and they're like coming back to the center? You know, like I always noticed those little things and like people's just like kind of unconscious, like, like how they're, how they're looking in a match, like what they're, what they're thinking, stuff like that. And then I also, I watched it from a, a technical standpoint of like, you know, what are these guys doing? That's, that's working. And like, obviously, obviously they're the best wrestlers in the world. And so what techniques are they using? What strategies that strategies are they using? Why are they so successful? And that's analyzing, you know, from techniques to where, what, what, like their anatomy looks like to, and, and relating that to how they move and what, what moves work for them and stuff. So, I feel like that was something that I was very analytical on and, you know, and there was part of me that just watched it for entertainment too, just cause like that was just so exciting to me to see guys do amazing things like that. And, I'm, and, and there was definitely some part of me that was just purely entertained and just purely loved the sport and loved uh, watching the guys who are the best at what they do, just do all the amazing things that they could. So yeah, there's a few different, ways that I looked at it, but that, that kind of sums it up. That's interesting. You talked about basically like the nonverbal communication, right? Body language, facial expression, how you kind of carry yourself on the mat is, and, and as you said that I'm thinking about you when I watched you wrestle and, and those like you were, whether you were in a tight match, which didn't happen a lot, but it, you know, they were there or, or a loss, which had happened a couple of times, or you dominating your demeanor always kind of seemed the same. And it seemed like, expressionless almost right like just like i uh, maybe calm is the right word or i don't know but um is that something that you were, you were conscious of or was a decision or is that just kind of how you happen to carry yourself no i was definitely conscious of it and i think that i wasn't always that way um i think that uh when i was younger coming up I was really, really, I've always been really, really competitive and I always wanted to win really, really bad. And I trained super hard. So when I would take a loss or when things didn't go my way, I was very emotional about it. And it like broke my heart every time. And uh, that was part of what made me train harder and what made me good. But it also hurt me in, at certain points because I would overdo it and it was like too much for someone to handle. And so that was something I feel like I really got a lot better at as I matured you know, end of high school and really more so even through my college career was being able to just focus on my effort, focus on my attitude and enjoy what I'm doing rather than put so much pressure on myself to win. It was more about going out and, and wrestling my best every single second of the match and making the most of all my opportunities. So 
I feel that that was something that it took me a lot of losses and a lot of uh, time to grow into into that and, and, and develop my character. So I think that, you know, it is something that it, that's kind of a hard thing to have naturally to be like almost stoic and just focused on the right things because society kind of teaches us that we're only valuable based on like our latest results and whether or not we win or lose. So it took me a lot of maturing to realize that that's not true. And that's not how I want to carry myself. And I don't want to be this like emotional person that is like only as good as their last win and just rides the highs and lows. Like I want to be like very consistent and, um, so yeah, I, I I would say I figured that out more so towards the middle of my college career and through the end of my college career till now. Sure, and that's a very valuable way way to think. And I think it, obviously it's shown that it helped pay off. Now we you know we've been digging into your your upbringing through wrestling and how you you know what you watched and how you watched it and why you watched it. Now I'm the kind of the want to go with some of the same things with MMA. Like when do you first I don't know your, your earliest memories of MMA or watching, right? Who do you remember? Who was like, was it Chuck Liddell? Was it Matt Hughes? Was it before or after one of them? When you just kind of maybe not even thought about doing it, but just remember seeing it. Yeah, I definitely became a fan of the sport at a fairly young age, probably like early middle school. And it was kind of something that was like a family thing for me too, like similar to wrestling that we'd, you know, we'd go to wrestling tournaments and stuff as a family, my dad and I, my mom and sisters, we'd also, you know, go uh, rent, uh, buy the MMA fights on pay-per-view or go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch as a family, something like that. It was just something that we all enjoyed and kind of brought us together. You know, we'd have people over to watch the fights or, you know, go to someone's house and watch the fights, something like that. So it was kind of always just like a family thing for me. And I remember watching guys like, yeah, like Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture. I was obviously rooted for the wrestlers and stuff. And uh, that was something where I was drawn to it right away from a young age. And it's kind of funny, like, I don't really know that probably not very many people did this, but when I would uh, go to wrestling tournaments or stuff like that, it was always kind of funny. We would do our wrestling tournament. And then a lot of times, like, the kids would all find, like, a hallway or somewhere like back behind the gym that like none of the parents were at. And like, we would just fight like just <laughs> in between wrestling matches. Like that was just something that we did as young kids. Like we would just, most time we wouldn't like punch, we wouldn't punch each other in the face or anything. Cause we didn't want to like get, get bloody or anything or for our parents to know. So, but we would just like body shots. Like, so you'd finish your match and a lot of times you'd go out back and fight the same kid and you just, being like a dirt parking lot, like throwing body shots at each other and stuff. And then you go wrestle your next, next match. So that was like, I was always interested in fighting and I was always kind of liked fighting. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I never trained it really or anything like that. I wish I would have done like some boxing or some more jujitsu and stuff at a young age. Cause I, I love it and love learning about it now, but yeah, I, I've always kind of been drawn and interested in fighting in some capacity. So wait, you you go to these kids tournaments right, and you wrestle, and then you go in the in the back hallway or wherever and like fight right for M MMA fight, but it's not like your friends and teammates; it's the guys you wrestle against. Is that right? Yeah. So like it would usually be, so we'd wrestle the tournament, and then um, in between matches, we would just find somewhere where like there was no adults because obviously they <laughs> would not let that happen, 
and there would be like probably you, you kind of had a friend group right like club wrestling not like yeah. really a friend group, but people that you knew, you know, like all the good kids kind of like we knew each other. And so we'd all just okay. go and then it would just be like a group of 25, 30 kids. And we'd just be like, you know who should fight? You two. And then it'd be like, they'd be either say yes or no. Like, and I would always be like, yeah, I'll freaking fight him. Like, let's go. And, but it wasn't like a, like an animosity thing where you're like, yeah. I'm, like I'm mad at this dude. I want to fight him. It was more of like a, a competition. Like it was, it was almost like we treated it the same as wrestling. You know, we would just just get in there and fight for fun. Like that was yeah. just fun for us. And it wasn't like a, Oh, this guy made me mad. I want to fight him. It was like, yo, let's scrap. Like, let's just, that's what, that's how it was. That's just what we did. It's like the same reason you want to wrestle somebody, right? You don't want to wrestle somebody cause you're pissed at him. You want to wrestle him cause you want to see how it goes. Right. Um, yeah. Would you, I don't know. Do you remember, would you win most of the time? Was it back and forth? I, it was honestly imagine like, you would there wasn't lot, really, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it was honestly like there wasn't really a winner. Like, you would well, just get the better, you would the just better fight. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't really remember anybody ever like getting the better of me. But um, I, I, it was like you wouldn't fight for like six minute match. You know, it would be like two guys. You, you, they go in there and it's like thirty seconds, and they just go freaking as hard as you can. You just like go crazy, and you're just crushing each other in the ribs, like. And like, so there wasn't really like a winner and a loser. It wasn't like they raised one kid's hand or yeah. the other kid's hand. Like once in a while you would hit somebody and they would be like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. But, and you like, you get them with a good shot. But like most of them were just like 30 seconds of you just like beating the crap out of each other. And then they break and then they're like, all right, all right, it's good. Two new people in, two new people in. And then they throw two new guys in. And then like, honestly, you'd probably, if we wrestled like five matches in a tournament, you'd probably get like. 10 like of these little 30 second fights with all these different guys so and but it wasn't like we, we it wasn't really about like winning every fight it was more just like let's freaking fight we just this is just fun yeah, yeah. wow that's that's pretty amazing uh was it mostly takedowns and rib shots were there were there much taking the back and get a, a choke or an arm bar or was there much, was there jujitsu kind of mixed in much so it was the rule. No, it was just no takedown. It was no takedowns or anything. We didn't need to do takedowns because, like, in our minds, it was like that's what we were doing in the wrestling matches. So it was literally just bare knuckle boxing with just only body shots, and no, no, and nobody would really. Yeah, we didn't want to. Like I said, we didn't want to punch each other in the face because we don't want to like get cut up or bruised or anything, like because we don't want people to know about it. But we just go in and just bare knuckle box with body shots for like thirty seconds, like just as hard as you could go, and. Then yeah, then you just like keep rotating people in. It was it was wild, but that, it was fun. Does your dad today? Does he know that this happened? I don't think so. I never told him about it. Like, <laughs> I, it was just like a thing. It was like we let's just keep this. We have a good thing going. Let's keep it between us. Like nobody really said anything to nobody else. That's too much. Uh, I guess when and. So we, that's, that's one, that's hilarious. That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing it. Um, I'm curious how many other places or kids that, you know, th that took place, but when did it become serious consideration that may, you know, was it high school or was it during college sometime where you're like, maybe this is the path I want to go down for real and, and put it together and do it after I finish wrestling. Yeah. I think as soon as, as soon as I really saw MMA, I was like, and, and watch the sport and start following it. I was like, I could do that. Like in the back of my mind, it was kind of something where I was like, I could do that. And I, I, I think I like this, but you know, I don't really, 
it was never a heavy consideration for me until probably like freshman, sophomore year of college. And um, at that point, I was like, so I had a transition point in, in, in early college where I was like, at first I came to school and I was like, I'm going to go to med school and, or and I'm going to get my MBA and like, I'm going to do all this stuff at school and I'm going to like get a good job and stuff. And that pretty quickly w turned into like, nah, like I'm an, I'm an athlete. Like <laughs> I, I still like school and it was still fun for me to learn, but I'm just way more passionate about athletics and sports in general. So like, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do 10 years of school. Like that's just, I wouldn't be happy doing that. And it's just not really for me. So it turned from, me focusing on school a lot to me doing my best in school, but knowing that wrestling and, and, and MMA eventually were, were going to be my career that I chose. So at that point I was like really interested in it and I got a, it was kind of weird. Like the first time I did any jujitsu, I was doing a camp. This was probably like my sophomore year of high school or no sophomore between my sophomore and junior year of college. And I was doing this camp and this guy came up to me and he was wearing like a suit. And he was like, Hey, how you doing? I, uh, that my son wrestles, he's at, he's at your camp and you know, I, I do some jujitsu, but I just want to like say thank you for, you know, coming out here. And he's like, Oh, but I gotta, I just want to say hello. And I'm, I'm running to class. It's like upstairs. It was in the gym downstairs in there. And he's like, I have a jujitsu class going on upstairs in the wrestling room right now. And this was like, right as my camp is ending, I was like, Oh, for real, that's cool. Like, can I come watch or anything? He's like, yeah, yeah. And if you want to roll with us, you could roll too. I was like, heck yeah, I'm down. Like, let's go. And so I go up there and there's probably like 10 or 15 guys just like, uh, warming up. And then he's like, do you want to go, do you want to like roll? And I'm like, sure. And so this dude, I'm like thinking he's going to go change his clothes and put on like athletic clothes. He takes his suit jacket off, takes his button down off. He's in like a wife beater and slacks, takes his shoes off and then goes out and like goes on his knees in the middle of the mat. And I'm, and he's like, you ready? I'm like, I guess. And this dude's like 50. He's like retired military. He's like pretty jacked. He's got like tattoos and stuff, but he's just like in his slacks and like a wife beater. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I, we, we start on our knees and we start rolling and stuff. And I like take his back and I'm like holding him down and stuff. And then like the other guys on the, in the group kind of start watching me. And, uh, I'm like, they kind of stop their whole training session and they're watching. And, so I go with this guy for like five minutes and or everything kind of dominate him. And then they put a new guy on me. He's like a young guy. He's probably like my age, but he's small. He's like 140 pounds. And so we go and like, I choke him out real quick and just with like a front headlock or something, some like wrestling choke. And then, then they got progressively late. Then they brought in a guy <laughs> who's like my age, but like 170 pounds. And all, meantime, their whole practice stopped and everybody's just watching me. And I'm like rolling with him and like, and then I choked that dude out too. I think got him in like some other choke. And uh, then they brought me this third dude or this fourth dude who was like way bigger than me. He was like 230, like 235. And he wrestled like in some small college or something. And he uh, was like a little bit older than me, maybe like late 20s. And I'm like, at this point, I've been going for 20 plus minutes straight with all these guys rotating on me. And they're like, yeah, go again. And I'm like, all right, like, let's go. And so I was a little nervous for this guy because he was a little better, I could tell. And uh, so we started off on the feet. He was like, you want to do takedowns? And I'm like, sure, we can do takedowns because before we just started on the knees. And I was like, sure. And so 
I was like pretty winded. And so I got my breath back for like a few minutes, probably like four or five minutes. And then after I got my breath back, I just like blasted him, took him down, held him down for a few minutes and then they stopped and then they were all like impressed. And so at this point I was like, all right, we're definitely done. But <laughs> the main, because I've been going 30 minutes straight with like six, five di different, six different dudes rotating in on me. And uh, then they were like, no, you got to go with our professor, like our main instructor. And I'm like, okay, uh, <laughs> let's do it. And uh, I, this dude, this dude kind of comes out and he's like 60 years old, like at least. And he's like a little bit shorter than me, but huge. He had to weigh 270 pounds. Like he was massive. And he's in a full gi and I'm in like shorts and a t-shirt. Everybody else was in like shorts and a t-shirt and stuff. And he's in like a full like gi with a belt. It's got like a black belt with like five stripes on it. And, uh, but he's really old and he's huge. And I'm like, okay. And he does, he, he was Brazilian. I don't think he really spoke English that well. And, uh, so I'm like, okay, like this isn't good, but whatever. And so we go and like right away, I just like take him down and he, locks his leg around my leg and what i now know is like called lockdown he just like i'm in half guard he just like locks me down and uh he's like trying to like break my freaking knee and i'm like flexing out trying to get him to like get him off my knee so i get him off my knee finally and then i'm like holding him down and he like gets me in a wrist lock and is like trying to break he's like going hard as crap like trying to break my wrist and i had to like spaz out and i like elbowed his arms off me and i finally got him off and then i like kind of grabbed him in a headlock and i was like squeezing him hard and he started like wheezing super heavy and at, we had been going for a long time because for the most part he was just sitting there laying down and just like trying to like trick me but i wasn't gonna let him so we had probably went 15 minutes and but it wasn't like super taxing i was just laying on him and then he started wheezing really heavy i was like kind of nervous i was like this guy is about to have a heart attack <laughs> and then I, I, then after about 15 minutes they just like grabbed me and they're like all right you guys are good you guys are good and then they all clapped and i was like <laughs> This was so weird, but it was really fun. So that was like my first experience with another combat sport. And uh, then I was like, I need to start doing this more often. So uh, yeah, then I kind of like was trying to find places to ju do jujitsu and stuff. I didn't really do it much, maybe like a couple times after that. But and and it was never like a, a lesson or anybody teaching me. It was more so just like guys rotating in on me like that. But at that point, I was like, I freaking really like this. Like I can do this for sure. Like, let's go. <laughs> I'm just picturing them being like, all right, I got this wrestler. He knows something. Boom. Oh, you. Oh, crap. You. Oh, shit. You. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the big guys. Like, we got somebody in so this room. Funny. They just, yeah, they were just rotating in on me. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, how long are we going to do this for, guys? Like, it's a lot. But it was fun. So, yeah, after that, I was like, I could definitely, I definitely want to do more jujitsu. And I, I, th I was like, I want to, like, really get into combat sports and stuff now so yeah at, at what point that's i guess middle of your college career right at what point was it like was there a um a struggle in your own mind right you're a wrestler you've been wrestling since a little kid and you watched kale and you watched these top 50 usa wrestling dvds and you olympic champion world that's what your world is and you want to be a four-time ncaa champion you are a wrestler at some point it crept in your mind like Maybe it just was, uh, maybe I, maybe back in my head, I want to fight. But at what point did that like start to overtake? And, and was there like a, an almost conflict in your head? Like, and maybe I'm not just a wrestler and maybe this is what I do. How did that like take shape? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Um, 
I I feel like once um like after that happened and after I did my jujitsu match with Gordon Ryan on uh whenever that was in December I think of like 2019 maybe yeah I was like I'm definitely I'm definitely fighting like I'm 100% sure I'm gonna fight at some point it's just more so when and um so the plan was always do the Olympic trials win the Olympics and then start fighting. And so it got pushed back a year with COVID and everything. So the plan was to do the Olympics. What would that have been in August of 2020 and then start fighting immediately after that got pushed back and everything. So it took a year. And then uh, I would say the hardest part was after this past trials, like not making the team and not getting to win the Olympics. And then like trying to make a decision on what I want to do and, uh, figure out like where my heart's at with that and um it's still I still feel like very involved with wrestling I don't really feel like my wrestling even my wrestling career I wouldn't even say that it's over for sure because I still feel like I'm competing a lot in practice and I'm training wrestling a lot so that's definitely something that I don't feel like I'm losing I'm still keeping that sharp which is important for MMA too but I I, I would say that the hardest part was for me not achieving my goal, not getting what I wanted in this last cycle. And then, um, and then, but still like deciding to transition. And in my mind, it was kind of like, you know, am I going to be, is it, is it, am I okay with taking another three years and training just wrestling through 2024? Or is this just my pride talking me because I didn't achieve my goal like am I gonna hold myself back is my pride gonna hold me back by saying hey you need to stay in wrestling and you need to train another four years and you know win the Olympics before you can move on like is that like really where my heart's at or is that just me being prideful and me saying you know I've spent too much this time too much time to do this because at the end of the day I know that whatever I do I'm gonna achieve my goal and you know if, if I train through the Olympics if if I go back, if I decide to go back and wrestle in 2024, like I'm going to win, you know, if I decide to train and, and do MMA, like I'm going to be world champion MMA. So I know it's not a matter of like what I'm going to succeed in or feel like I have to do anything for a certain reason. It's all has to do with like what my, where my heart is and like what I really want, you know? And, um, so I feel like for me, I, the reason that I wanted to stay in wrestling, the reason that I would have wanted to like continue to wrestle and not transition over was purely pride of me not achieving what I wanted to achieve. And it wasn't so much of like where my heart's at and what I wanted. So it took a lot of reflection and it took a lot of good conversations with people that I'm closest with and a lot of prayer uh, to, to kind of decipher like what I really wanted. And I knew that um, I wanted to, to start, start a transition and start to get fights and, and, and experience that and just continue to challenge myself in something new. And, and it was a lot of unknowns and that was scary at the time, but I knew that if that's what I'm most afraid of, then that's what I need to chase. And that's what I need to go after. Cause I'm not really afraid of not winning an Olympic gold medal. Like at the end of the day, that's not my identity. It doesn't define me. So if I win an Olympic gold medal, like I'm still Bo Nickel, you know, if I don't win Olympic gold, gold medal, I'm still Bo Nickel. So that doesn't really worry me. And I'm not fearful of that. 
but I knew I was a little scared of, of the unknown of MMA and getting into that world. So I was like, I'm going to freaking go after that. Like, like, let's, let's see what this is all about. Sure. You, you mentioned, you know, wrestling and obviously you have to wrestle and, and do jujitsu and, and strike when you're training MMA. Do you, do you still train with the Nittany Lion guys? Or are you like, is your wrestling training like MMA, MMA focused? No, I still train with NLWC. I'm still with NLWC, still wrestling with the, uh, those guys, still wrestling with the college guys, um, putting my putting my time in on the mat. You know, I love wrestling. I'll never stop wrestling. No matter, you know, and t- no matter how old I am, un- unless I like have some crazy injury that won't allow me to com- to compete and train, like I'll be wrestling. You know, no matter where I'm at in MMA, whether I'm UFC world champ or whatever it is, like I'm still gonna wrestle. And when I'm wrestling, I'll be with NLWC because that's the best place in the world to wrestle. So. And I still feel like I want to give back in that area too. You know, I'm I'm a good partner and I'm able to teach people so much. So I want to be able to have that knowledge and be able to give it back. So, you know, I'm in there training with, you know, like I said, the NLWC guys with the Penn State guys, helping them learn, helping them improve. And uh, that's something that I really feel feel passionate about. And I'm really, I really am excited about still is uh, training wrestling and, you know, still continuing to learn and, at the end of the day, like like I said, if I want to come back for 2024, my wrestling's sharp. I'm ready to go, um, and I'll be I, I, I'll be I'll be there. And uh, I still feel confident in my abilities. That you know, even if I train MMA for you know the rest of this year, 22, 23, that like I could come back and and still win the trials and win the Olympic gold medal. Because like I said, I'm still training at wrestling, um, and I still am confident in my abilities in that. So. You mentioned in the match with Gordon Ryan, and for any wrestling fans who don't know who Gordon Ryan is, he's like the goat. He's like the best grappler on the planet. He's really, really good. Um, you took a grappling match with him, and I remember it was the, it was the weekend of the CKLV because I remember being in, in Vegas after the tournament finished. We're all huddled around a computer watching. Why did you take a match with him? You, I, I assume you knew how good he was. What would, how did it feel going against somebody that good in a world that you had dabbled in, but not like, you know, you weren't head first in yet? I don't think. Um, and just maybe talk to me about that match. You chucked him on his over his head for five, which I don't know. You get points for it, but it was it was entertaining. He put it back to you. Right. Yeah. So it was kind of a weird situation. You know, I I followed Gordon and. I've talked with him a few times before that about just training together and whatnot. And uh, I saw that, you know, he was having a hard time getting matches and there was a a fighter that pulled out and he had like three guys pull out or something crazy like that. And it was like a week or 10 days before his match was supposed to be. And he was like, can I just get anyone to freaking give, have a match against me? I was like, dude, I'll freaking go. I don't give a crap. Like, let's go. And, uh, love it. Like you, like you're like you're the, like you're the best. Like let's see like if I know what I'm doing. Which at that point I had no idea what I was doing. I I like literally had my training experience was me going to a random club and ten guys rotating in on me and trying to freaking break my arms and stuff and me just trying to not let them do that. I had no formal training. I had maybe like one session where somebody actually taught me something and it was like literally the most simple things. It was like, I had no formal training. There was no practices. It was just live goes of people rotating in on me. And even that was very few. It was maybe like three times. So I have a good friend who, uh, named Isaac Greeley, who he runs Matt factory. Uh, it's a club out in the Pittsburgh area and he coached Jason Nolf growing up. So 
he, he was a national champ at UPJ and black belt. And so I was like, Isaac, I'm about to fight Gordon Ryan. Like you need to help me. <laughs> and he's like, come on out, dude, we'll get some training sessions. And so I went out there for two days. I did two workouts and then I went and got, and then I flew down to Dallas for the, or now it's Houston. And I flew down to Houston for, for the match. So it was a, overall, like overall, I'm grateful for the experience because I learned a lot and it was, it was fun and it was cool to be like, kind of have my first ever match in jiu-jitsu against like the number one guy but obviously it sucked to lose I was pretty pissed um I felt like I should have won I felt like um it would have been really cool as a wrestler to go into jiu-jitsu match and beat the number one pound for pound guy in my first match and I felt like confident that I was going to be able to do it uh but obviously it didn't go that way and so that was disappointing I was pretty upset about it but it was a good learning experience and I have a lot of respect for, for Gordon Ryan. I just feel like, uh, I just feel like for me, you know, I would love to, uh, love to compete against him again after I had actually trained some. And, uh, you know, I think like, especially in the the rule set, it was obviously a jujitsu rule set. So it was favorable to him, but, uh, it was, I feel like in that rule set, you know, with a little bit of training that it would be pretty easy fight for me. But, um, Again, that's very limited rule set relative to jujitsu. It was no leg locks, no guard pulling, but uh, yeah, I know I, I, I at least know what I'm doing now. So I would say that if anything, I would just like to go down and train with him because I want to learn. Like I love learning and I love getting better and improving. And I'm I hate losing, so it sucked to lose, and I just want to uh, get that one back. But uh, yeah, like I said, at least just go down and train with him and. And that would be that would be you know really cool for me. So, yeah. Well, he he's either moving or maybe has recently moved down here to Austin. So uh, I mean, if if you made a stop down, we'd love to see you. And and maybe one day again, see that fight when you have have a little bit more training on your belt. Because I know you obviously picked up wrestling so well, and you're very athletically inclined, especially in, in wrestling and grappling. And to see you develop and and take him on again, I think would be amazing. Um, let's get to your MMA debut, right? Um, we all know the trials, right? You, you didn't, you didn't get the goal you wanted. How quickly did it turn to? And you knew that MMA was was the next thing. How quickly did it get to trying to set up a fight? Or how, you know, April I think was the trials. At what point do you say I want to find a fight? I want to line up a fight. Yeah, so it was kind of weird. I mean, I had a I had a lot of injuries going into trials and things that I was dealing with. So it took me like probably through the end of July to kind of get back. I didn't even really train at all. I just was only doing rehab and, and lifting. So I didn't train at all um, for like three solid months um, after that. And then once uh, about the end of July, then I started, I started training some and um, I, I, uh, so this, this whole time I'd been in developments with American top team, uh, for building a MMA gym out in state college. So we finished that up in July and we got coaches up here and end of July. And I, uh, so I started training then, um, just like trying to figure stuff out, just doing jujitsu, doing striking and everything for the first time. And yeah, then I went down to ATT in Coconut Creek for a week to get some training and some new partners. That was maybe like middle of August. And then 
it was kind of crazy. So it was, uh, it was like maybe first week of September and I called my man, I called my manager. I was like, yo, let's get a fight set up. I'm ready to freaking scrap. Like, let's get it. Like I've been training a, a month and a half or whatever, but let's see what's up. Like I'm, I'm trying to, trying to, trying to get a fight. And he was like, Oh, you want to fight? Like, let's go. When do you want to fight? I was like, November. How about November? He's like, hold on one sec. And then he patched in a matchmaker who he works with a lot, who uh, does cards like all the time. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we got a November fight for or no problem. But we also got this fight in September on the 24th that, uh, you know, he could he could jump in and do. And it's going to be a good opportunity for him. It's like a celebrity boxing match. There's going to be a good bit of eyes on it. And you know, we can get him a fight there if you're about it. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, frick, I was thinking like, a month and a half and now we're looking at like 10 days <laughs> really and, uh, yeah and i'm like uh i'm like let me talk to my coaches and so i was like yo coach i talked to my coach marcel uh who's he's the head coach at uh, my gym and he's like i was like am i ready to go am i ready to fight somebody and he's like yeah you're ready let's go and i then i call my manager back and i was like let's get it get me a name and i'm in and uh he called me back a couple of days later got a name got the fight and he's like, all right, it's in Pensacola. Let's go. And then I'm like, all right, let's get it. So I trained for a couple more days uh, in state college. And then I flew down to Coconut Creek again for a week to uh, work with another coach that I worked with, Mike Brown, down there and get some new partners and stuff. I worked with Masvidal. I worked with uh, the Bellator 170 champ and got some, got some good work down there and uh, just to kind of get some last-minute prep the fight and then yeah it was really fast really quick and flew my boys anthony kassar and jason Nolf down there to uh to, you know to be with me for the fight week, for the fight week leading up and uh yeah that was it it was a really fast whirlwind but it was fun and i don't know it's just kind of how i live my life like let's get like what or when there's opportunity like i'm i'm about it so that's great how many um how much like live sparring right how much sparring had you done right not like wrestling sparring but like gear on, punching, kicking, mixing everything together. However, I don't know if you go 100% when people go live and fight sparring because it's a little different, but how much live sparring had you done? Yeah, so probably I'd probably like sparred harder with uh, little gloves, maybe like two times. And then with big gloves, probably like two times. So I would say like four four sessions of harder sparring. Um with, uh, in total, you know, it's, it's, it's really weird, you know, with MMA, the training is so much different than, than wrestling. Cause like you said, you can't really go a hundred percent. Like if you do that, you're just going to be leaving your best rounds in the gym and it's just not, it's just not the most productive way to go about it. So you honestly have to train different than wrestling. You know, you have to do a lot more play sparring. That's like really light, you know, you don't want to be cracking your teammates in the jaw and like stuff like that. So it just doesn't work out well. And, um, so yeah, I mean, not much. I mean, in total, I trained for probably two months, and yeah, like I said, maybe four like sparring sessions that were a little bit harder, where we were, you know, putting a little bit on the punches and stuff. And so yeah, but not a lot. <laughs> how do how do you feel? Obviously, I don't think you feel your. Or maybe, correct me if I'm wrong. That your striking is probably up to snuff with your not, definitely not your wrestling and probably not your jujitsu. How comfortable do you feel striking? Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel 
I like I'm getting more and more comfortable every every training session. I have some really good coaches. I have a my Muay Thai coach Ton is Muay Thai world champ, and he's been up working with me a lot. And I also have uh, my buddy Moose, who's a fighter too. He's a two-time national champ boxer, and so he teaches. He's been teaching me some boxing and stuff. So I have really good coaches. And the thing with striking that I feel like is really good for me is I can always threaten the takedown. Everybody has to worry about so much more than just you know my hands are or getting kicked. So, you know, that's, that's one thing that kind of evens the playing field out, right? Like if I were to just do a, just a boxing match or kickboxing or Muay Thai, like that's like, I'm not really my world. You know, I don't really feel super comfortable with pure striking, but when I can get in there and into a, a real fight and I can threaten the takedown and that like really evens it out to where I feel like even with a guy who's been striking for a lot longer than me, you know, it, it I, I, I still have the advantage because he has to worry about so much more. So, I feel like that's kind of what makes MMA cool is the amount of variables there are. There's so many different variables and things to worry about. And when you have wrestling to the level that I do, it makes such a huge difference in the striking because you can threaten the takedown, faint, faint, and guys just, you know, it really, you control the pace of the fight and you control where the fight goes. So, yeah, I mean, as far as MMA striking, pretty confident. I feel good with it, but Pure striking, that's something that I'm I'm continuing to work on and develop and get better at. Sure. Let's talk about emotions and nerves, a pre-fight, right? And I guess I guess we'll back up and before wrestling matches, right? And a lot of times you were a heavy favorite and maybe you don't get nervous, right? There's probably it's a lot more ease. But in the in the tighter matches, in the in the bigger matches, in the Miles Martin matches, in the in the Olympic trials, right? Where it's not like a foregone conclusion you're gonna pin this guy almost whenever you feel like it. Did you get nervous before wrestling matches? And then how does MMA how your only experience, how does that how did it feel before that first match, that first fight? Calm nerves, emotions. Yeah, I mean, I felt, uh, I feel like in wrestling, you know, I, I would get nervous for every match. It didn't re- matter who I was wrestling. I was still, I was still nervous, but I felt like it was, like you said, in a bigger match, it was way more heightened, right? Like it was, the nerves were, were significantly more in a, in a not as competitive match. You know, I was still nervous, but I wasn't like super worried. You know, I knew that I was a lot better than this guy and that I would, uh, that I was going to win, you know, regardless of what happened. And so with the fight, I definitely had the nerves of a bigger match. Like it felt like an NCAA finals type match, even though, even though I knew I was going to beat the guy, even though I knew I was a lot better than him, I felt just as nervous as like a big match. And it was kind of funny, but I was like, I, this dude, this dude I'm fighting, he's one and oh, he had one finish. And, and, you know, I don't know if this guy's good. Like there's so many unknowns. Maybe he's like, Maybe he sucks, but maybe he doesn't. I don't know. And, like, I better be freaking ready to go. And so I was, like, getting warmed up and everything. And then as we were about to walk out, they uh, started playing on the video screens in the arena, like, our our interviews and stuff before. And they played his interview. And he was like, yeah, you know, I know he's good at wrestling and everything. But, you know, I've been training my sprawls the last couple weeks. And then once he said that, I was like, I'm about to kill this guy. <laughs> I was not nervous at all. I was like, oh my gosh. Every ner- every nerve that I had completely went away. I was like, what the? Okay, I'm good. Like, let's just have some fun out there now. As soon as he said that, I was like, literally not nervous at all. And it was, uh, it was just kind of like a very freeing feeling. So, yeah. 
I, I've been training my sprawls. You should train how to get up off your back. Don't. You... Uh, I was like, dude, I've been taking guys down who have, have trained sprawls for 20 years. So <laughs> yeah. I think I'm all right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And then, I, you know, I think it was a, was it a, a side or an arm, a triangle choke or some kind of. Yeah, arm, arm triangle. triangle. Yeah. Did you actually like did he go out and the ref not know it and you had to be like yo i <laughs> i think he's out that's kind of what it looked like yeah so it was kind of it was interesting i felt like i i mean i knew i had it tight and then normally somebody can fight like for a pretty long time there but maybe it was just the adrenaline of the fight and you know maybe i squeezed harder than i thought i was but i didn't really feel like i was squeezing him hard and he went out really fast. You know, normally if you're in that position, the guy can usually fight it for a bit and you just kind of keep sinking it, keep sinking it, keep holding it, you know, for 20 seconds or so. But, and then they tap, but he went out really quick and I felt his arm, I felt the muscles in his body and everything just go like limp, like all of his energy just went away. You know, there was, it was a complete like, go, like from like from flex just to like completely flaccid. And I was like, oh, this dude's done. And then I just like let him go. And then his head just bounced off the, cage and i just like looked at him i was like yeah like this guy's out like i was glad that i that i felt i could feel that because i didn't obviously want to keep choking him after he was out but i let go of him it was probably less than a second after after i felt him go out and because at that point i was like all right either this guy's out cold or i'm gonna let him go and he's gonna keep going and then i'll just choke him out or get a different submission so i wasn't really worried about it but yeah, his head bounced against the canvas, and I was like, okay, all right, it's over. <laughs> yeah, fan, fantastic start. I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, long-term goal is world champion, be it Bellator, UFC, another organization that pops up or, or becomes big. Is that, Would you say is that accurate? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I think that obviously now I'm just trying to get experience, trying to get as many fights as I can, and um, – build up, build that up, that experience up. And then, you know, obviously sign with a bigger organization. The eventual goal for me will, will always be UFC, be UFC champ. So, you know, at this point, you know, the UFC is the the cream of the crop and that's where the best fighters in the world are. So I'll, uh, that, that's my goal. Um, but I'm not really rushing it. I don't need to be in the UFC after one fight. You know, I'm, I'll get there when I, when I get there. And at this point it's about getting experience and, I'm fine getting 10 or 15 fights outside the UFC before I go there. Is there still a chance you'll fight in November? Because I know that they brought up the November fight, and then you said, yeah, and then you took the September fight. Yeah, yeah. So the, pl the plan right now is November 5th. Um, I've been talking with my manager, and he, he gave me that he gave me that date as soon as our, my other fight was over. He said, all right, we're ready to go again November 5th. I said, I'm ready to go right now, man. Like, <laughs> we can go right now. Give me another name, and I'll fight I'll fight main event on this card. Like, let's go. And uh, – <laughs> So, yeah, November 5th and then probably again in December is what I'm looking at right now. Would it be November 5th, like, same promotion in Pensacola, or do you know where? Yeah, um, I think that – I don't know if it's the same promotion, but it would be in P Pensacola again. So that's that's what I'm I'm looking at right now. Uh, we'll see, though. I just – I talked with, with my manager a couple of days ago after the fight, and – then he said he would he would get back to me and let me know. I'm deciding that was an amateur fight, so right now I'm deciding if uh, whether or not to go pro or whether or not to get a few more amateur fights or like what's what's the difference. It's kind of weird, so I'm just you know looking to 
my management management and some other people that have had a lot of experience in that area for guidance but i'm i'm not i'm not opposed to getting a couple more amateur fights but we'll see i'm not a manager but i say go pro and get paid <laughs> but uh <laughs> obviously I'll, I'll let your team team do that but um so that i mean you're talking about fighting in november and then maybe again in december you said make you know i don't care if i do 10 or 15 fights before i make it to the uh, the, the goal being the ufc and i a lot of times like see time and like Olympic quads, right? Do you think you'd like to be in the uh, UFC by 2024? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it depends on a lot of things. I, I would say that I would like to be in the UFC when I'm ready to win the belt. So, okay. you know, at this point, I feel like the guys that I've seen that have had a lot of success in the UFC and that have, have done really well, uh, marketing themselves they they get their experience outside the ufc they do their thing they build their name up and then when they go to the ufc they're fighting three four five times that year and then and then fighting for the belt so that's that's how i see myself that's where with the trajectory that i see myself on and um but you never know i mean this this uh the mma is way less predictable than wrestling you know obviously wrestling we know when the tournaments are going to be we know when the uh, world championships we know the olympics i mean we already know the Olympics where they're going to be and when they are four years out. So yeah. with MMA, like, I mean, I took this fight on like 12 days notice. So that's the same thing that can happen like any week, you know, and you got to be ready. And that's why I feel like I have a big advantage is because since I grew up wrestling, I went weigh in every Friday, weigh in every Sunday, compete, wrestled 50 matches, a hundred matches a year. And you know, I'm ready to go. I'm training I'm in there. I'm, I'm passionate and driven and disciplined with this. So that's, that's, for me, it's more about being ready to take the opportunities as they come to me because they're just way less predictable than than wrestling. But yeah, I mean, like I said, as far as when I get into the UFC, it's just whenever I'm ready to go win the belt. Sure. You mentioned like, you know, getting better, getting fights on your belt, building your brand, right? And that's like a, a, a kind of an important piece of the puzzle, especially in MMA, right? You don't have to be Conor McGregor and be that loud and, and boisterous, but some degree of that's going to help on top of the winning, right? Is that something you, you thought of, or I don't know, you look to, to the future? Yeah, I definitely think about that. It's definitely something to consider. I mean, for me, it, it really comes more, it comes down to just me being myself. And I feel like the, when someone's genuine and when someone's really themselves and doesn't try to act a certain way that the public and the people they perceive that really positively. And so I think I'm already an entertaining guy. I'm already fun to watch and fun to listen to. And, you know, I, I just kind of naturally have that charisma and I don't really, the big moments are moments that I don't shy away from and that I make the most of. And so, you know, for me, I think that, uh, you know, it's really more about just being myself, being genuine. And I know I don't have to act a certain way to get people to like me, or I don't feel like I am, like any amount of money is worth doing that. So I'm just going to continue to be myself. And I think, you know, from my experience that a lot of people already like that regardless. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Man, it's good. It's more one fight in and to think this career could, you're, you're probably 24 or something, 25 years old to think this could go for 25. Yeah. You know, DC, I think Russ fought till he was 40. So to think we can see, you know, this career going on for a decade plus, it's, it's going to be super exciting and I can't wait to see it play out. Um, 
Kyle Klingman's been sitting patiently in the balance. I know he's got a, a handful of questions here. He typically kind of follows up here with um, well a, a segment we have to call Sweat It Out. And I think he's probably got some stuff lined up for you. So, Kyle, if you're ready, please take over and see if you can make both sweat. All right. I actually, at the end here, I, I actually added a sixth question, so a, a bonus here. But uh, this is a true or false. Has this thought ever popped into your mind? I wrestled Gabe Dean in the finals of the NCAA championships, and my middle name happens to be Dean. Absolutely true. I thought about that. I did not know his yeah, middle name was Dean. Yeah, yeah, my middle name is Dean, so we're con- probably like before that. Probably yeah. like so when I first when I first decided that I was going to wrestle Gabe Dean in the NCAA finals was basically as soon as maybe a month after my freshman year after I lost the NCAAs that year. So it probably popped in my mind about that point. I was like, well, in a year from now, I'm going to be wrestling Gabe Dean in the NCAA finals, and that's weird. We have a Dean connection because. You know, same name, but I like that guy. He's a good guy. For sure. Number two, you're from, uh, you lived in Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, and Pennsylvania. Rank those states in in order of least favorite to favorite. Ooh, you're going to make some people mad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say that I'm just going to go just, my criteria is purely based on the state. It don't have nothing to do with the wrestling or the, the people. Okay. So people don't be offended by this. I'm going purely on the state. All right. So I would say that my number one is Texas because, you know, that's definitely the best state in the, in the 50 States, in my opinion, you know, used to be its own country can fly the flag at the same height, excellent barbecue, weather's nice, a lot of fun stuff to do. So Texas is number one. Number two is probably Colorado, you know, beautiful landscape. You got the mountains, you got all kinds of cool stuff. I'm, I'm headed to Colorado in November. I'm doing an elk hunt, so I'm super pumped about that. Still have family in Colorado. Love Colorado. Um, yeah, yeah, I really, uh, I really, really enjoy, enjoy visiting that state. I was there this summer. Super beautiful. Number three has to be Pennsylvania, you know, the weather is just absolute trash, so it it you know shoots down the list based on that factor. Trash weather. I'm not really you know a, a fan of of the snow and stuff like that and the rain. Um, but yeah, I mean a lot of fun stuff to do in PA. Uh, obviously, still live here, so I like it enough to where I, I you know I'm settling down and putting roots here. So aside from the wet, if, if Pennsylvania had better weather, it would definitely be up higher on the list. And then. Uh, yeah, you know, New Mexico, you know, great place, excellent Mexican food, green chili. There's, you know, a lot of a lot of positives about about New Mexico, but I just didn't really, you know, it's not that it's a bad place. I just didn't really, you know, I don't really keep in touch with anybody there. I haven't visited since I moved. I don't really have a reason to go back. I don't have any family there, uh, but nonetheless, Great Mexican food, green chili, uh, beautiful, beautiful landscape as well, Sandia Mountains. So I, I think, uh, yeah, but I also lived in Wyoming and I still have family in Wyoming. So it's there's there. Wyoming's probably somewhere in the middle of that list. And that was some some pretty crap weather as well. But uh, 
yeah, I think main talking points, Texas, number one, and uh, that'll that'll probably stay consistent for, for a long time coming. Love it. Right, Love great. it. Answer. Number three, what college did Bo Jackson attend? Ooh, Bo Jackson attended Auburn, which uh, that was, uh, you know, probably a good choice for him in the moment. But, uh, yeah, I was I was happy that uh, we put the spank on them, you know, recently in the, in football. And, uh, yeah, yeah, great athlete. Definitely some somebody that you know, I see myself, you know, Bo Jackson is prime. He kind of reminds me of me a little bit. All right. Uh, number four, what actor played Chris Farley's stepmom in the movie Tommy Boy? No idea. No idea. <laughs> That's a great was, movie, uh, though. <laughs> it was Bo Derek. She's a 10, okay. is her name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Got you. Number five, number five, if Mark Bader colored his hair, what color should he choose? Ooh. See, this is this is what I'm talking about. This is good because this is my area of expertise. <laughs> I I could see uh, I could see Bader doing some some nice a nice bleach, some frosted tips, something like that, and then uh, just like maybe like some ombre. Like I don't know if y'all are aware of that, but like a like no. a dark like fade it down, get a get it real put together, and uh, yeah, I could without those long locks look good. You put it up in a bun. Yeah, I like it. I do the bun look. I do the bun look sometimes. It's in the face. That's yeah, good stuff. Bonus question. This is six. We rarely do this. I don't know if we have, but number six would be, could you pin AJ Ferrari? <laughs> Kyle, you stirring this up. Oh, man. Stirring the pot. Oh, man, that's amazing. Could I pin AJ Ferrari? The The better question is, would I pin AJ Ferrari? Have I pinned AJ Ferrari? And I'll, I'll say yes to all three of those things. Could, yes, would, yes, have, yes, absolutely. You know, AJ, I know AJ real well. He's a great guy, great, great kid. You know, knew him since he was probably in like fourth grade. Absolute monster tank uh, at this point. So, you know, that could be that could be a good match. You know, who's number one? Uh, maybe a celebrity match type thing at at some point, but. You know, some history there, obviously, with us going to the same school and, like I said, knowing him for a long time. But, yeah, AJ's a beast. Signed with my management team as well. Uh, looking forward to watching him become, you know, him or Carter. We'll see who wrestles first. It's Carter Storacci, seeing one of them become the first five-time NCAA champion. So, that uh, definitely looking forward to uh, to seeing that. Hey, he's Mr. Fast Twitch. Are you going to have a nickname? Bo the Nickel. Yeah, yeah, I that that's something I've been thinking about a lot as well because I feel like the nickname is important. You know, a lot of the the best fighters, you know, ever have have great nicknames. It's it kind of goes hand in hand with their your success. But I I haven't had one that's really jumped out and I've been like, yes, that's it. You know, because I feel like that's how the nickname has to be. It can't be like uh like you yeah. got to know it for sure. It has to be like it and. uh I haven't had one jump out at me. I've been, I've been, I've had a few nicknames given over the year. I think at Iron Man one year, whoever was commentating called me the Allen Assassin. I like that one. But uh, another one that Kyle Snyder recently suggested to me was the Butcher, and I love, I love meat. I love butcher shops, and uh, it's it's bow and butcher two B's, a little alliteration there. So yeah. 
We'll see. I mean, that's a pretty good one, but uh, I feel like it has to just be like an automatic yes if it happens. So at this point, I don't have one, unfortunately, but you know, I'm only one fight in, so hopefully at some point it'll it'll happen. I gave you some management advice before, which take it or leave it, and I'm going to give you a nickname advice, and this would be a fun one. How about back? Bo nickel back. Bo back. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to work, but how about Boa Constrictor? I mean, it, you, oh, my, my wife just said that actually. She just came up with that one the other night. She was like, she was like, oh, I was like, you're just too much into puns. She's always, she's always saying puns and it's, uh, it's a little too much for me, but it makes we'll sense. See. With the we'll choking. Something will come up. It makes sense. With it the does. Choking. Yeah. I do like to, but I do like to choke people. So the constrictor, yeah. Boa the Constrictor. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll put it out there on social media or something. Like, see, if we let the, the fans yeah. give all their input, and you'll be like, no, it sucks. No, it sucks. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if one's just like, that's it. Boom. You know, maybe, maybe we can, there we we go. can run. But, um, man, yeah, Bo, put the word been, out for me. I will. I will. I'll try my best. We've been going for ex- over an hour, and I could, I could do this all day, but we all have lives to get on to. I'm sure you do. Um, but November 5th. Is that, I believe, what you said? Yeah, November 5th. You know, watch out on my on my social media for an announcement uh, once it becomes official. But that's the date I'm looking at right now. So fingers crossed. Hopefully I can get an opponent. And, uh, yeah, by November 5th. Heck, yeah. We're looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to leave you with the last word. Anything you might want to say, plug, shout out, anything at all? Uh, just, uh, yeah, thank you to all those that, that support me. You know, I know that uh, I'm obviously kind of – taking a new trajectory going to this MMA uh, arena, but I appreciate all my, all my wrestling fans. I hope to take you guys with me, whether or not you watch MMA already. I hope that you could, uh, you know, continue to follow me on follow my career on this path. And I appreciate all of y'all. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for the support. Um, but that's all I got. All right, Bo, we're looking out for it. November 5th. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure. And uh, best of luck to you moving forward. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you. Have a great day. All right, Kyle. Bo, the Nickelback or the Boa Constrictor, probably neither of those going to stick, but, you know, it was, not, it was worth a shot. No. Yeah. All right. But, man, what a, what an awesome – I think that my favorite part of this whole interview was learning about him in the back hallways fighting kids in the Little League tournaments, um, you know, like making sure there's no parents around. And, and like, that, that was the real start to his MMA career. Great story. There was a lot of great parts in that. Just it was a mesmerizing interview, just because you're hanging on every word and what's he going to say next, and just the backstory. So really, a a great interview there with Bo. Yeah, that and the the his first time doing jujitsu, like impromptu, coming to the class and they like throw the worst guy oh, yeah. at him, the next, you know, and then, then progressively until the the sixty year old five stripe black belts wheezing after a half an hour. Um, great stories, top to bottom. Yeah, he's a good storyteller. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate it. And and again, it's going to be fun to watch this career unfold. I think it's going to be a good one. And I won't be surprised if Bo Nichols got uh, a UFC belt uh, here at some point. So that's going to do it. Appreciate everybody tuning in today for Kyle Clement. I am Mark Bader. Thanks so much to Bo Nickel. We'll see you guys next time.